When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to On the Breads with me, your host, Alex Darty of A to Z Sports and my co-host, Sean Smith. We are here with episode 72 and we are ready to talk about the Nashville Predators. It's March 20th. We are winding down the season and um, the Predators appear, Sean, to have hit the proverbial brick wall, would you say? I would have to say that it is not just a proverbial brick wall, but an actual brick wall. At least based on the last game, right? They have wily coyoted themselves into the brick wall. The 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 roadrunner that was the last few weeks where they were looking good painted a nice, yeah. beautiful tra- tunnel train tunnel entrance on the uh, side of the of the rock, and uh, the coyote ran right into it. Right? Is that the analogy we're going with? Something something like that. I, I feel like that's what happens. You know that yeah. that coyote is wily as he seems. <laughs> So always ends up shooting himself in the foot. So, and of course, what we're talking about is the uh, the Predators have lost three straight, including a seven nothing seven nothing beatdown over uh, or two against the New York Rangers, uh, where uh, it was wasn't it six nothing after the first period. Yeah, and um, I think Kevin Lankinen got pulled after after the four. fourth goal. Yeah, Soros gave up three more. <clears throat> of course, he had just played the night before, the day before, against yeah. Winnipeg, where the Predators also lost a key game. Uh, they got one point out of it, but Winnipeg got the second point. And, uh, you know, before that was a 2-1 loss to one of the worst teams in the league, Chicago. So uh, ever since the Detroit Red Wings win, which was uh, a week ago tomorrow, uh, things have gone south. And uh, there's yeah. also other bad news for the Nashville Predators. That would be Roman Yossi. so if you haven't seen already Roman Yossi has been injured we do not know how we do not really know when we don't know a lot about it we know it's supposedly upper body but there's a lot of mystery surrounding that which we'll which we'll touch on um I mean yeah I I I have to be honest I did not watch a lot of the Sunday game against the Rangers I had other things going on I was able to tune in a little bit long enough to see how bad it was and I just know the defense was horrible so I mean, Cal Foot was on the ice for four goals against at even strength. So was Kevin Gravel, his partner. Tyson Berry and Jordan Gross were only on the ice for one against. Jeremy Lozano was on two, for two against. The fourth line for the Predators, Afanasiev, Jankowski, McCarron were not good. Um, probably the best line was Sissons, Trennan, and Cole Smith because they did not allow an even strength goal. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was just real bad. I, I didn't get to watch it myself. I, like you, had a lot of other things going on. We have, folks, I don't know if you're aware, but my son's hockey season has ended, which has led right into baseball season. So mm, yeah. we were at the ball field, and uh, I got to listen to most of the game on the radio. Um, 
first time Pete Weber's called an away game ever since uh, ever since he had to go and get some get some surgery. So okay. uh, really, really exciting. Welcome back for Pete to call all of those goals against. Um, but it did not sound good. It, it was one of those points where, you know, you think about watching the broadcast, you think about listening on the radio and you can, you kind of get the idea that everyone knows that this is not good. They're probably a lot of people are tuning out, turning off the radio and they are just still plugging away because they got to call the whole thing and, and you feel bad for them. But <laughs> It wasn't pretty at all. Um, it does feel like we are, we are, I know we've made that analogy earlier, the Wiley Coyote thing, but it does feel like now we are, are finally going to, to see the quiet exit of the Nashville Predators from the playoff picture. Um, as, as disappointing as that may be for some people, it does just make sense. I mean, there, there's really no reason for this team to make the playoffs. I would have been fine with it if they did, just because I think covering a playoff game and, and, the, it's just in general, the NHL playoffs are a lot of fun to watch and to cover and to be a part of. But if if you're going to be this bad, like just don't do it. So uh, they really will probably lose a lot more games and probably increase their chances. I don't know that they'll get bad enough to be to have a legitimate shot at the first overall pick. I think it'll be. I mean, they'd have to be pretty significantly bad. I, I think. I mean, they're really they're really going to fit right in the middle where they don't get anything. So. Uh, it will be a pretty boring finish to the season, to be honest. I, I don't see there's there's not a whole lot on here. I mean, the biggest things left happen this week, and that is the return of Ellie Tolvanen to Bridgestone Arena twice, and also uh, the Pecorine statue unveiling, which is happening Ooh. this Saturday. So after that, it's like, I mean, they just play a ton of good teams. Toronto, Boston, Pittsburgh, Dallas, Vegas, Carolina, Winnipeg again. Calgary, Colorado, Minnesota. I mean, it's like every single good playoff team is on their schedule. The one bad play bad team that's left is one game against St. Louis. That's it. Yeah. It's so it's just yeah. like straight up like tough, tough matchups the rest of the way. Murderers row is what you're getting. Yeah, I mean, and of their final 20 games, let's say what not 20 games. Uh of their final 13 games, I guess. It's going to be bad. So just be prepared for it. And now we don't know what's going to happen with Roman Yossi. So let's talk about that. Um, the Roman Yossi thing is bizarre. I, I don't know what to make of it. Uh, not, neither do many people in Pred's world. Like, I, I, I mean, if you watch the clips that I put up out there on Twitter, it is difficult to find anything that stands out. And I think it's also telling that you, you watch it and never once did Willie or Mace mention anything at the end of that period. They were like, man, Roman, yes, you put in a lot of minutes this period. What a, what a guy. Uh, and there's one moment. Did you see the, the moment with the Cole Smith thing? Yeah. So there's one moment where he kind of gets elbowed in the what looks like the head maybe is he's in the corner battling and Cole Smith kind of gets him up high and he kind of comes back a little bit and like readjusts his mouthpiece a few times so it looked like he got hit in the face. But then after that he comes back out and like he's not like obviously in distress but you know that could have been it. He kind of got hit on the hand earlier in that period but like there is nothing that stands out. I mean he and he's not like he doesn't go and talk to the trainer. I even watched, I was slowing it down and like watching him on the bench. 
Yeah. Like Zapruder filming it, trying to see oh. what he was doing. Like when he came off the ice, like where did he go? Did he talk to somebody? Did he, there were a few times that he just kind of put his head down, which is normal. They, I mean, it's exhausting doing what they're doing. Uh, and so they kind of have to catch their breath. Uh, so I, one of my thoughts actually was that he could have been dealing with an illness and that they could have started, uh, that previous what Thursday, because he kind of yeah. sounded a little nasally the other uh, Thursday. I think Robbie pointed it out after the game or no, maybe it was John Glennon, but I didn't think much of it. And then I was like, Oh, maybe he's just like battling an illness, you know, this time of year, things like that happen. But now it sounds like it's an injury, right? Like, uh, what did he say? What, what was the report? Upper body. They're still hoping. Well, they're waiting for. There was some some report. I can't remember who it was that said upper body, but then they didn't know if it was neck, head, or shoulder. It was like a whole list of. Th- yeah. There was there was nothing specific, and and. There has been nothing from the Predators that suggests anything. I mean, he could play tomorrow. I don't know. Maybe it's nothing, and he's going to play tomorrow in Buffalo. I don't know. Probably doesn't. It doesn't seem like that. No, I. I mean, I think too. Upper body. You got to think about what that could be. I mean, you, your hand is part of your upper body. I mean, waist down is lower body. So, if something, you know, there's a hand thing. Hand things can be funny. You know, you can get hit in the hand and not really feel it till you stop or not really feel it till you go back to the locker room and things that like that. Um, you know, but they're also saying head, neck, shoulders, something like that. Um, maybe it yeah. had to do with that, but also if you've got a sinus infection that can be in your head and your neck. <laughs> but they've not, they've almost always just said illness, right? That's true. Yeah. They almost always say illness. And if it wasn't illness, they would just say illness. Like, I don't, why would they, if it was, yeah. they wouldn't decide to, not reveal that it was something other than an right. They would. I just feel like they would say illness. They just would. They've done that all year. Yeah. I don't I, know, man. I, it's weird. I guess too, you, you got to think, you know, in conjunction with what we were just saying before we segued into the Roman Yossi speculation here. I mean, there's not really a reason, at least in my opinion, to rush Philip Forsberg back or Roman Yossi back. Um, and I, I know it, it sounds kind of funny that I'm saying that considering the Preds are just five points out of the last spot, but mm-hmm. it's things seem a lot more dire, even five points out at this stage because of the competition they're going to face. Um, you know, it, it, if you don't need to bring those guys back because you're making a playoff push, you're better off just letting them heal. So um, we may not yeah. get a lot of clarity on that either. I mean, yeah. We, and the, the, the Dan, the the um, Forsberg one is another one. I mean, that one's a little bit more clear. We're pretty sure that's a concussion, but yeah, um, I mean, just it's... yeah. So uh, here's what I think, though. You know, if let's say that Roman Yossi's injury is some sort of neck or head injury, right? Right. Something that might be difficult to go to sleep at night. Something right. that might be troublesome for his back. Oh, well, let's say let's let's see. Maybe there's a way he could go take care of all that by going to relax the back in, oh. in over there in Green Hills in Nashville. Maybe he's maybe he's there right now. Well, probably not right now because I think they're closed. But he probably probably, probably is going to go there today or tomorrow and check out some of the options they've got at relax the back because Roman Yossi wants 
to live better, feel better, and sleep better with whatever this injury is. And he's got to check out the Relax the Back store over there in Green Hills. They have tons of customized comfort options for the office, you know, like the ice, that's where Roman Yossi's office, for relaxing at home and for sleeping at night. Ergonomic office chairs, zero-gravity chairs, all of them perfect for getting your spine, presumably also your neck, in the correct position so you can work better every day. Quality recovery options, like if you've been injured or you're recovering from a workout. Massage chairs, recliners, all that. Foot massagers, back massagers. I'm sure they've got neck massagers too. Right, all of it right there in the store. Uh, you got to just cho- go check it out. They have so much stuff in there. Uh, walk in and, and, and talk to Glenn. He will get you hooked up on whatever you need to, to live better, feel better, and sleep better like we talked about. So go there. It's at 2020 Glen Echo Road right there in Green Hills. A sleep agent is on hand every day. Talk to Glenn. He owns the store, and he will tell you about the four pillars of wellness. Healthy sleep, healthy body, healthy work, and healthy mind. And a healthy Roman Yossi is the fifth pillar of this Nashville Predators campaign, but they don't have that right now. <laughs> Got to get so, one. Um, so what, here's what happened in that Rangers game. I, I was noticing this. Here's, here was the defensive lineup. Here was who was on defense for the Nashville Predators for that game. Tyson Berry and Jordan Gross were the top pairing. This is by minutes. Kevin Gravel and Cal Foote were the second pairing. Jeremy Lozon and Dante Fabro were the third pairing. I'm not sure why Fabro and Lozon got the third pairing, but um, that was the the, the pairing. So I think for the first time in, what, 12 years or something like that, you didn't have Roman Yossi or Matias Ekholm in the lineup. Wow. And Crazy. they lost nothing. Biggest biggest margin of defeat since 1999. Crazy. So, yeah, it was bad. But I, I know you you wanted to say something about Tyson Berry because of, of his performance in that. I mean, his the fact that he came over. What? His designation in that game. Yeah. What was it you said about him? So I, it was interesting to me. You know, clearly the Predators. Um, are kind of facing a situation where they don't have a lot of their uh, leadership group on the ice. Mm-hmm. Of course, you've traded away Mikhail Granlund. You've traded away Matthias Ekholm, who were the only two with A's to begin the season. Um, and, of course, Roman Yossi was out. Of course, he's the captain. And so the people wearing letters, which it was three A's, no C's, um, on the ice were Colton Sissons, who's been wearing an A ever since the trades happened. And more than likely, I would say he is a permanent fixture on the leadership group at this point. Um, after that, it was Matt Duchesne, who was wearing an A as well. Uh, Matt Duchesne, of course, has been with the team for several years now. And finally, Tyson Berry was also wearing an A, which I pointed out and I thought it was impressive to me that in only his 10th game with the team, he was wearing an A. Now I'm not going to go out here and say that this is a permanent thing that he's going to be wearing an A for the rest of the season or next season or or whatever. Um, I thought it was a a compliment to Tyson Berry's character um, that someone could come over from another team and be that respected that they could, put on the A. Now it was, it was interesting to me, the response I got online that a lot of people really wanted to make sure that I understood Alex, that 
there weren't a lot of other veterans on the team and that that's why it was Tyson Berry. Now, I don't know that they were saying that those two things were mutually exclusive, that he couldn't also just be very well respected. And maybe that's what they meant by, oh, there's not a lot of other veterans. But there are other players on the Predators that have been there for a while. Yakov Trenin's been on the team for a while. I feel like he's fairly well respected in the locker room and on the ice. So um, that would have been an option. So it was interesting to me, not so much that they didn't make Trenin uh, a part of the leadership group for that game, but that they went with someone who's been with the team a very short while. I'm sure a lot of it has to do with the fact that he is a veteran and that there is not a lot of veteran depth on the team. But I do mm-hmm. think it speaks very highly about his character, which from what I've seen so far, everything I've read, everything I've seen, everything I've heard him say, he carries himself very well. He garners a lot of respect on and off the ice. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I, I, I was initially just kind of un- confused about the Tyson Berry acquisition. Not that they traded... Uh, I wasn't confused about why they traded um, Matias Ekholm, but it's just like why Tyson Berry. But I really get it, man. I mean, I, I just think he's uh, I think he's really good. I think he's he looks extremely poised out there at all times, really solid defensively, and his offensive skill is just like obvious. He's really good at getting yeah. just pucks through to the net, and um, I've I've been very impressed. And then he also, yeah, he seems like a really good leader. Uh, he seems to, you know, he, he's, it's going to take, you know, it's a very different locker room now. I mean, everything about that <laughs> locker room is different than it was yeah. a few weeks ago. And, uh, he seems to have adjusted, uh, you kind of got a feel for him a little bit because like, he's going from like one of the best offensive players of all time in front of him to <laughs> Cole Smith. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, not just Cole Smith, but to to a lot of guys that just are not Connor McDavid, right? Well, aren't I mean, even, in, aren't even half in, of Connor McDavid. In their defense, there are a lot of guys that aren't even half of what Connor McDavid. Yeah, there is. are. Yeah, yeah. Not just on good. this team. But um, yeah, Tyson Berry. I think he's going to have to lead the way the rest of the way. I mean, it's you know, McDonough. I saw him down in the tunnel after a game. I guess it was after Thursday's game. And his face looks just as uh, <laughs> injured as ever. But he's, you know, I think it's just a matter of can, can he can he come back? I don't know. McDonough's a guy that, you know, I think he's fine if he comes back. But when is that going to be? The Yossi one, we just have no idea. No. So we'll see what happens with the defense. And I, um, and I don't think there's a rush, personally. Probably not. I don't, think, I don't think they're looking at an accelerated timetable. I think they're... Pr- probably just going to say hey let's make sure everything's really good before you come back there roman you too philip and you too ryan i don't Um, know i mean they've they should be okay yeah i wanted to mention real quick uh um you mentioned colton sessions where's the a in my story the other day about the penalty kill got some really interesting stuff from dan Hynote on the penalty kill and he called uh, Colton Sessions the captain of the kill. So that was a cool, cool nickname. But um, and I, I mean, it's just so obvious. The, the penalty kill still is pretty strong. I mean, like even even in that seven nothing game, they only gave up <laughs> one one power play goal. Impressive. Six of those were even straight goals. So I, I just think the, the penalty kill has been probably the best thing that they've done over the last three months. Remember early in the year where like, I was saying, I feel like I said this every week. I was saying basically the Predators don't do any one thing very well. 
Yeah. I think I finally they've that. got it. I think their penalty kill is actually like a, a threat. I mean, if you can call it that, I think it's actually pretty good. I think it's a good penalty kill. If the right personnel in that position, they play it the right way. They know how to do it. They've, they've built it. And for my story on, from what Hynet was saying, like, it's taken a long time to build such what they have is a very aggressive system, but it's take, it takes a long time to really get that. And they're going to make a lot of mistakes early on. And one of the questions I asked him was about, you know, how do you, how do you balance the aggression, especially at the top of the zone? How do you balance the aggression with uh, staying in the passing lane, staying in the shooting lane? So you're not like overextending. I thought his answer was really great. I mean, basically he, he said you have your, everything you do has to have purpose, right? Every single move that you make, every stride you make, every move you make with your stick, everything has to have this purpose to it. And that kind of thing takes a long time to get, especially when they've had a lot of new guys on the lineup. And um, so I, I just, I commend Dan Hynote for being such a, having such a commitment to that and, and how well they've done it executing it. I'd have to agree. Let me ask you a question, and you don't have to answer immediately because I will if you can't. Who's your favorite penalty killer? Uh, I mean, I like watching Jakob Trennan out there. But there's something about Colton Sissons being the, the captain. It's just like he's he's also obviously really good about it too. There There's there's a lot of flash to Jakob Trennan's penalty killing. I think Sissons is, is not a flash guy. If, yeah, if, I, I if notice you notice Trennan a lot. On the penalty, you notice Trennan. You know who else I'm starting to notice is Cole Smith on the penalty. Yeah, field. yeah, you notice him too. I mean, th- those three guys, those three names right there. Um, yeah. And Trennan's a guy that Hines said specifically with the trade of Tanner Janot, Trennan has basically taken his spot. He's stepped up into that role and been perfect. And I agree. I mean, he's played more minutes. He's done a lot more on the penalty kill, and he's doing great at it. And yeah. I didn't really see him as that when he first came, but I didn't know that was going to be his role. But he's really good at it. I've been very impressed, um, and I, so. I've been I've been very happy with it because I really like Yakov Trinan on the team, and I like seeing that he's got a very clearly defined role on the team. It gives him a little bit of staying power. Would agree, but anyways, if you want to check out that uh, article on the the penalty kill, you can check that out on a to z sports.com. A lot of stuff in, in there. I know it's a lot, and I know it's about a unit that really no one seems. Everyone seems to be like, well, they just got to kill this off. But I think it's important, and it's it's definitely important in the playoffs. Play, penalty kills are massive in the playoffs. I did some research on that just a few years ago. If your penalty kill is really good, you will go further in the playoffs. That's basically you, what, what I found out. What do you think is more important, a good penalty kill or a good power play? That that was my research, and I think the answer is a better a better penalty kill. Yeah, I think you know if you're not successful in the penalty kill, they're scoring a goal. If you're not successful on the power play, Score you're not even. scoring a goal. Scores yeah. even. So one of those, even though it doesn't have the flash, it doesn't have the appeal because yeah. we all know scoring is fun. Uh, fun stuff happens also- in the offensive zone. Generally speaking, there's limited opportunities in the playoffs. So if you limit them even more, that's huge. Yeah. And it just it can it can just turn the momentum so easily. It's crazy how it works. But scoring a power play goal doesn't really turn momentum. It just either increases no. it or keeps it the same. Yeah. It, if it increases, it increases it a little. But man, if you have a penalty kill that shuts down the opposing power play, especially if it's like a five on three or something, yeah, it just really gets your team up and Big can time. can switch the game on a dime so 
I think penalty kill is more important. But anyways, uh, I don't think they're going to get to test that theory that Astral Predators anyways <laughs> in these playoffs. So yeah. uh, let's look at the upcoming schedule. Tomorrow, Tuesday, Buffalo Sabres at Buffalo. Predators go there. Probably Roman Yossi's not there. <laughs> and uh, probably the same lineup from New York. I, I mean, I, it's going to be it's going to be rough. But And also, Buffalo also lost 7 nothing. Did you see that? I did. It was pretty lopsided. Who'd they lose to? Who'd they play? Boston, maybe? Couldn't tell you. So they lost 7 nothing, and the Predators lost 7 nothing, and those two teams play in Buffalo. <laughs> and then they have a Thursday game against Seattle and a Saturday game at Seattle. Very strange schedule, but they play the same team twice at home within two days. And uh, Saturday is the Pecorini statue. And then the Sorry. very next day... You can go check out that statue again because the Toronto Maple Leafs are in town for Sunday game. So, Murderer's Row, man. Yep. Tough week. It's going to be a so tough we'll how, week. We'll see how it goes. But that's going to do it for us today. You can check out all of our Preds coverage at azsports.com, including the article I was just talking about. Sean's working on something for this week. Don't know what it is. Don't care. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Don't know it'll what it be is. Good. I'm sure it'll be good. Uh, until he comes out with that, you can follow me on Twitter at AlexDarty1 and follow him on Twitter at SCSNSH. And we'll be back next week. See you,